Before you have been victimized or exported by this prisoner, please contact customer service at 855-466-4666. All subject matter in the preceding podcast is entirely alleged and not admissible in a court of law. A recklessly minimal effort has been taken to change the names and details of any guilty parties. And just in case you rat bastards get any ideas, the hosts of this podcast are notorious and well-documented liars with no legally admissible credibility. This is Mama C, and you're listening to Notes from the Pin Podcast. Welcome to prison, bitch. Greetings from the prison industrial complex. You're listening to the Notes from the Pen podcast. Um, I am not your host. I'm standing in the 23-year-old uh, here with uh, Bobby C. Um, both of us are in the rain and doing our best to uh, keep this shit upright today as we record. Hey, and you are a co-host. We're both co-hosts. I think that's how the the, the term co works. And uh, yeah, you are currently in the rain on the roof because of uh, one of the litany of things that have annoyed me over the past couple of days, specifically this morning. And I am staring at the universe manifesting its unwillingness or it's disapproval for recording this episode, which has taken many forms. Today, it's currently most aggressive form or most immediate form is storm clouds and visible rain a couple miles in front of me. I don't know which direction I'm looking. I have to be near the ocean to know, like, we're north, south. Like in Florida, it's always north of the ocean. So that is what is going on today, being... The 23-year-old have spoken earlier, which verged on the on a mental breakdown on my part, or or um, a nervous breakdown or something. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bobby C has gotten a little bit fussy in recent weeks, and uh, he really wasn't being the most adaptable, most um, leaning into the. Riptide type of uh, co-host that he has been in the past, and we were going to talk about education in this episode, which is fitting, considering I taught creative writing at Parnell, and I also uh, have a pretty extensive secondary education background, Um, but it looks like we're going to be delving a little bit more into why Bobby was being (laughs) a whiny bitch today. Whoa, we're using the B word now? Look, yeah. I'm not there. I'd be forced to put hands on you, and then I'd be called a wife beater. And I'd be like, hey, it's the rules of the yard. And then you'd be like, there is no yard except our front yard, and there are cops on their way. So, um, That's true. Yeah, well, the thing with these episodes, as I've been learning and immediately forgetting, is that the subject matter we choose um, for each episode seems to be irrelevant to the wishes and desires of that episode. And that episode ends up becoming whatever it wants to be. And today, I don't see how we can move forward until this episode gets a little breathing room that it wants, which is to be about this this fussy girl, <laughs> this fussy girl thing that happened and uh, why it happens, what it means. And I've been, there have been a lot of things going on lately. 
the captain's departure, and then all the things that come with that. Um, but also the, all the things that come with just being in prison and all the, the other stressors. You know, there's things outside of that, which are like Michigan's got a real spike in coronavirus cases. And though the weight pit is reopened and they've been trying to reopen, now they're, they're doing this thing where my unit eats last, goes to chow last, which is you don't get to go to yard until after you return from chow. So that's significantly less time at yard. And they're supposed to be, they haven't done it yet, um, reducing it to one person per table, which is going to stretch the amount of time that it takes for all the different units to get fed because it's going to cut cut it in half, which currently there's two people at each table. It used to be four. So, and all that, the, the limited yard times means limited phone time, which means, which kind of unfolds into the rest of the stressful stuff, which has been about where, how we're going to, what iteration the show is going to take. Um, and we've been making steps, and they seem to be stubbing our toes a lot of the ways. Well, uh, the 23-year-old as well as the JV and ladies wear, and I don't know if Greg yet, all ordered microphones. We're trying to find the, the easiest, cheapest way to have the person in the free, free world have the voice of a free world person, meaning not just a staticky tele- telephone voice, but high-quality one, and there's all kinds of problems going on with that, and that was the beginning of some of my fussiness today, wouldn't you say? Um, yeah, and I think that, in general, you have a lot of anxiety. You're just a, you're a worrier, and um, even though you have the weight pit now, I think you are someone who really, like, stews, and it's not necessarily the most, like, healthy mind mechanism and I think a lot of people right now are dealing with that same, um, like, lack of control over their day-to-day. I think that, it, like, coronavirus and, like, the way the world has changed um, has really put people on their heels. And a lot of people are really leaning into their routines, uh, their their daily walk, their um, the one show they're watching, the routine, like, whatever. It's like when that shit gets disrupted and everything else has already changed, like, how do you ground yourself so i think that you right. ground yourself with this show and with your routine and i don't think you realize it but when you can't call me at like, the same time like you get a little bit like a little fussy. you're like oh why didn't you pick up like you expect to have certain things certain times that's the only way that you can exercise control over your day and i think that you're you're struggling right now to adapt a little bit with everything else going on so now I'm a toddler. Now I'm a fussy toddler. You are. I guess my favorite word, fussy, is very uh, accurate so for how you were today. Demeaning and dismissive. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, it's so demeaning, dismissive, and accurate. And, and I'll get fussy about you using the term fussy to prove it or in Good. defense of it. Um, yeah, so I realized recently, and I, I think I've said it on, on the show before, there's a lot of new things about my my outlook, my coping mechanisms, and just my life in general since coming to prison, right? So a lot of them get all mixed up, so I can't tell cause and effect. One of the things that is certain, this is no question, I noticed... You have one minute remaining. You fussy bitch. I noticed that anytime there's a disruption to my schedule, as you so perf- smoothly bring up, 
um, it really like is something I have to. It really triggers things that I have to like actively be like, okay, calm down. And so looking for a reason, like where is that? Because that well, I was never scared. I didn't even know I couldn't spell schedule in the world. I still can't, but I know what it is now. It, <laughs> not only do I know what it is, smartest guy in the room, right? Makes me, or or it just really fucks with me when my schedule is thrown off and that's a completely new thing so I'm like looking at other reasons like well what's the real cause of all that stuff is it the fact that also new to me is being motivated and driven and part of that is having a schedule for when things need to get done how they need to get done and being prompt and on actually I was always and I think this is a side effect of living in a military thing thank you for using GTL Actually, now that I'm like thinking back about it, a lack of punctuality, even though not always practiced by me, was always like a pet peeve of mine. Um, I remember when we first moved off Patrick Air Force Base, um, one of my really good friends, Kevin, he'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'll be over in 20 minutes. And then 30 minutes later, I'd be like, where the fuck is this guy? And then four, and I remember my uh, dad having to tell me, like, hey, listen, civvies, civilians, they're not... Uh, they're not big on punctuality, and I remember just being perpetually annoyed, and I guess I still am. So, But I get, the, the reason I bring that up is because I don't know if it's all of a sudden I'm driven and I'm trying to accomplish these things that that shit gets under my skin, or if it's, if it's being in an environment where there's not that much control, that that's kind of one of the things you can either control or is, is predictable in an otherwise unpredictable. Um, it's probably... You know, it's probably a combination of all three of those things, but, you know, those, I, I've noticed myself, like, man, like, when my schedule is thrown off, it's a big, big deal for me, which, ironically, when we had the seven-minute call with the falling out with the captain, you know, we had missed an episode release date, I hadn't talked to him in a week, and I was, like, really doing everything I'm supposed to do to maintain low stress levels and to be real zen, positive, annoyingly positive body. And I was, like, real proud of myself or, like, just, yeah, proud of myself for, for not, for being mellow. And in it, he's like, oh, so I suppose you want to record now? Like, oh, slightly confrontational. And I was like, no, no, I'm good because I'm zen, which just immediately fell off a cliff starting with that fucking song go, you know. And uh, But I think you, yeah, so. you also, um You've had anxiety since you were a little kid. I don't think you've ever touched on it in the show. Um, and I think that that adds a lot of color to how you projected or the correlation between like specifically like your scheduling of your day and how you feel. I don't know a lot of people who can like directly say like, well, fuck, if I can't like go to the gym at this time or if, I, if I'm expecting this thing and it gets pushed, it'll actively impact how I feel. And you are like that. If, if something in your day changes in a way that doesn't seem that negative, you know, what you roll with it, it does, it throws you off in a way that I wouldn't have expected. Yeah. Well, there's a, it's hard. See, when I get to like rationalizing that stuff, I have to like weigh certain things, right? So like it becomes like this internal like conflict where there's the part of me that goes, hey, calm down. You control what you can control and you accept the things you can't control and you're okay with it, whatever. And then there's the other part of me that goes, no, if, if I did, 
like that's a slippery slope because at some point you could just be like, yeah, fuck it. And then, you know, whatever's going to happen happens, man. And then that's just, you know, then, then it just, you allow anything to happen. So there's like this real, like, like take, give and take of trying to be cool with the things that you can't control and then placing importance on the things you can. I guess the, the, the real gem or the, or the real sweet spot is doing what you can and then, you know, being okay when things don't necessarily go right, but, you know, acknowledging and saying, what is this, a goddamn therapy session? But you're right that there, I have, I, I do have an anxiety about that. And it's not that I can't do it right in the moment. It's almost like I need to know because other things are planned around that. Right, so if we weren't going to record this morning, that's fine. But everything else gets shifted and fucked up when one thing goes wrong. Yeah, that's my problem. I'm setting up all these dominoes, and then when one goes crazy, then it it affects everything else. And here's the thing: there's a there's a part where I told you when I was like at my wits end earlier, where I was like trying to before I even was able to take those breaths earlier that um, I had the thought uh, last night, and, and, and I wasn't really great at conveying it, but I had this thought, and this is going to be a clunky delivery, of what if, and I, and I put myself there mentally, what if, I, um, what if I didn't do any of this shit? You know what I mean? Like, why don't, and then I remembered what it was like before I had all these um, things when I was just an inmate, like when I first came to prison, and I almost had like a, why are you taking on all these goddamn things? Because not even why is it too much is the thought I had. Is this like too much for you to be like trying to walk this tightrope in here? Because I can, I'm, I'm the highest, I'm like high strung in a lot of ways anyways. I think uh, some people would agree, but I can deal with it, but it takes a lot of work. So it's like this, what a lot of people I feel like are their resting level of like calmness or whatever. I have to like work at to maintain, like to, to, to stay at that level and not get worked up, especially in like a highly stimulating environment like this. Well, I think you've become high strong in prison and you haven't had a like actual project or like a job or something you're, you're invested in while also being, kind of an anal baby <laughs> you like have, have developed like a need for control which makes sense as like an adaptive measure right you have no control over most of the things in your life so it makes sense that you then kind of overcorrect in the other way you love to control the things that you can and this is the first project you've had with like moving parts and people and deadlines that you can you know work on with this new trait so I don't think that you are like used to adapting this new personality trait that you have developed to real life scenarios. You know, you are able to effectively control your life in prison because that's the point. Nothing changes. There's not much that would even change your routine. So that like that kind of like Pavlovian like response or like conditioned to be able to control and get that good feeling. Um, and feel like you are being active in your day-to-day. Uh, but then in the world, which I think is a big problem for a lot of like inmates who are like, yeah, I made great progress. Like I was, you know, waking up early and exercising and like getting all my shit done. And when I go out into the world, I'll be able to do this thing. You forget that there's like 
day-to-day life out here has a hundred moving variables every single day. And most people here seed control of their schedule without annoyance. And because we've never had to derive like pleasure or a sense of like yeah, value you, from control. You guys have control in other aspects of your life. Um, well, first of all, aren't I like 23, aren't you supposed to be like showing your tits for beads? Like, what do you all of a sudden like? I got the most. Well, let me just think, I don't do that when I hang up the phone. I have to pay for these folks somehow. <laughs> Why can't you do both at the same time? Same time. I do yeah, have two hands. And I'm on a rooftop just, over here, so I really could. There's cars driving the by. Dining, they're they're it probably is. really pro- projecting. <laughs> you know, uh, Something like that. So, Gross. My mom listens to the podcast. No, I was just going to reference uh, your mom, Linda, who has become on also a, a, a de facto advice. Like, I ask you guys for perspective on certain things to make sure I'm not going crazy. And your mom gives um really insightful advice where I go, Oh, I didn't even think about that. And, uh, you do as well. Gross. That we're, we can't compliment you. Okay. So listen, but uh, along with you're what you're saying, yeah, that, you. I don't like you. If you can give me compliments, it'll balance out. You're really needy. And, uh, viewers, she only listens to the episodes where she's mentioned them. So I don't, obviously these, the ones that she's, that she's actually hosting or co-hosting probably just on a loop constantly played through AirPods while you're sleeping. But yeah, yeah, you're right. But here's the thing. Listen, so you're right. And even aside from the, no, in concert with the, with this being something that has a bunch of moving pieces and and whatnot, I've always had a problem get, uh, seeding creative, like input or control over something that's creative for me, like, like artwork or writing, or it's hard to let people in and trust them with, yeah, because I have this really specific view of how things should be and how they should look and how they should sound and the, the vibe of them and the tone and all that stuff. So it's hard to let people in. And this is like the first time I've had to really do that with someone, which is why the thing affected me so bad with the captain is because it's like, see, you fucking knew it. You fucking yeah. knew it. You let someone in. Um, and I mean, your response this- to the website has been interesting too because – um, it's clearly a website that's like run by your your mom and people who come to it know that. But when I told you, like, you know, oh, there's pages. Like, <laughs> no, no, she signs it. She's like, you know, my, and she refers to herself in it. And when I was telling you some of the things, you're like, oh my god, like I need it to be this way. Like I, I want it to look like this. I need you to fix it yeah. now. And like, it was interesting because your response was that people were going to judge you. Um, when in reality, it's it's obvious it's your mom's writing and like it, she's, she's sharing this on your behalf. So it's kind of an interesting, um, like knee jerk reaction where it wasn't as though it was you know signed with your name and people were going to say, you know, oh Bobby put this up. This is you know his summary, his request, whatever. Um, yeah. But your response was like very visceral um, because it was something that you could exert control over and you didn't know it was a certain way. And um, it's been like that for, like, uh-huh. years. And as soon as you knew, I had to change it. Well, I think you're – it might be – there might be the psychological component, but more than anything is I – the reason my writing, when it's not riddled with uh, grammatical errors, um, that I'm decent at writing or when I, when I drew and did paint, um, it, is that 
I have a vision for things that are it's very specific. And when I know that one little thing off about something can change the whole way it's perceived or, or taken in and, and and that goes from like the way uh, like I dress or the I mean you have like three outfits. I don't know what you're talking about. You think that's what I got and you'd be surprised <laughs> what you can do with vape blues. Okay. Um, but no, it's it's superseding that, I'm telling you, is the idea that, that if something isn't done with this like specific vision in mind, like for instance, like with the pizza, corn, and lettuce logo, right? This is just a small little example just came to mind. Um, I needed to, so like Mama C left the pluses out of it in one thing. And I was like, you need the pluses. And to her, she's like, why? You see all three. And I'm like, no, no, no. But the plus is they mean that in concert, these things together create the theme of ridiculousness or nonsensical. Uh, just, you know what I'm saying? And to her and most other people, they're like, yeah, who gives a shit? And rightfully so to most other people. But I notice those little things within everything, right? So, like, um, People will say, this is another just little shitty example, but people will be like, man, this girl, like Megan Good and, and Scarlett Johansson are really attractive or whatever. And I'll go, y- you know what it is, though? I mean, in concert with other things, but they both have a, a fuller top lip than bottom lip. Like when they're like, they got nice lips. And I'll go, yeah, it's slightly. And, and that's not the best example, but I, I'll make references all the time where people are like, man, I never noticed that. But now that you say, I see things like, it has to do with the way my brain works. So if one thing is off, it changes the whole... But anyways, I can end up becoming anal retentive about that stuff, and I, and, and I know that. And so when something, like I hear something about the, the website or something, I can't, like, it's like a spider on my neck. Like, I can't rest until that thing's... It just drives me crazy. And I've noticed the same thing happens... Or the same inability to just sit with it happens when, like, the schedule whole thing gets messed up and stuff. And I and it's this whole thing. So what, one of the things that I think I've been successful at in prison is finding a meaningful outlet or direction for my energy to go. And that involves originally, like, giving a voice to the story that's usually left untold in here in a unique way, whatever, and it started with writing. You have one minute remaining. The website, Twitter, and then this has, like, been the the most successful, all-encompassing, accurate version of that. And along the way, I, in finding my meaning, my meaning is inherently tied in with other people, with the group of people I feel like I'm speaking on behalf of in here even though it's just my personal story, but also along the way, which I didn't expect, is people in the world identifying with the stuff we talk about on here. And then I, I, my meaning is now tied to other people. So when I had that thought, like, what if I just didn't do this shit? I have that, like, sigh of, like, well, you know, not like I'm some hero and, like, I got to save the day, if not me, who else? But, but, like, an obligation to, like, it's not just about me. You know what I mean? It's about all of us that have been like taking part in this thing. And, uh, it's about giving that, me white noise to fall asleep to. Yep. Trying to find white. Yeah. And give Jen things to obsess about. Just, 
Thank you for using GTL. So, uh, so this thing that I found meaning in that is that kind of has made me a luckier or a, mo- a more blessed inmate than maybe some of the other people in here. Um, that act of like finding, searching for and finding some meaning in some sort of direction and in, in that manifests in an action is reliant on other people, especially this version. All of it actually is reliant on other people. And there, it's not going to be strangers that, 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 you know, um, duty falls upon or responsibility falls. There's going to be people I love, people I care about. And it's not fair to you guys. It's not fair that you have that, that now you, in the same way that I feel like there are certain responsibilities that are like beyond me, it's, it's, uh, and I feel sometimes maybe like, man, it would just be easier just to sit around and fuck around all day and just do, do whatever. I, I don't because I know that I would be any stress that I have now, I'd be infinitely more miserable after about a week of doing that. But it's not fair to you guys to ask you guys to do all that stuff, but it, I, it has to be that way. And in see, in, which is where like the good lessons have to be tucked away in for me is that in seeding control, in order to, to do this meaningful thing, I have to do the one thing that's really uncomfortable for me, which is seeding control. But when things start to get messed up, the people who I can vent to are also the people who do everything they can to help me and, and people I love. And, and it's hard. It's, it'd be awesome if there was like, if everyone had an impartial person to talk to you about their problems who both didn't know anything about it otherwise and also couldn't help them, you can just, just listen. But it's hard to listen to someone uh, talk about problems that you are kind of a collaborator with. Uh, like when you're ta- when you're venting about you know recording and the mics and like the show, up, and I'm someone who's helping with that. Or like, you know, I had the login for the website. I probably could have gone in and edited it earlier. It, it's kind of hard to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, like just just be a listener because then you do. I feel bad. I you know so does your mom. Um, when there's a problem that you're highlighting, you just want to vent about it, but you also don't have people who you can talk to who don't have action. Um, there's just like a, a sense of guilt. Well, like, well, I could have fixed that earlier or like I should have noticed, you know, you can't see these things. Um, so there is this weird sense of um, like guilt that comes up with, that you don't intend to create. And I'm sure it happens with everyone who's in there. Like, if someone's transfer doesn't go through or they don't have enough money in their books, like, yeah. you can't just vent about it to anyone on the outside because the handful of yeah, people yeah. that anyone in there has are the people who are also doing the support work. Um, yeah. So it's hard. Yeah, you hear you hear it. Uh, you hear it a lot. That's why I always joke like, yeah, well, like what you need to get on the phone so you can yell at whoever's on the, uh, you know. And uh, it's rare that I'm ever doing any of that. And I'm, I don't think there's ever been what I'm yelling at anyone like i'll be venting and whatever the the point is that that i think everyone in the world over the last year has been feeling a sense of heightened stress i mean i i just assume that from watching tv and how much they talk about and people getting on there and saying stuff and um i don't presume that mine is the only one it might be a little more or different than, than a lot of people's but we all go through this shit you know, I guess figuring out ways to navigate through this is like an an important thing. Yeah. And uh 
and I don't know. It takes a it takes a lot of uh, good people in your corner and a lot of like commitment on your part. You know what I mean to like put things in perspective and to breathe. Like I did a lot of that earlier. If you, I'm sure you remember when I like I was on, like I was speechless. Right? Like I couldn't even finish full sentences because there's just a bunch of things in a row that are like outside of my control that just seem to be coalescing all at the same time and I'm just like man I'm trying I'm fucking trying you know but there are good things going on and I guess it's like the peaks and valley shit you know what I mean like when Mm -hmm. you're in one of the valleys the the good news is that it's temporary and then when you're on one of the peaks remember that those are only temporary too otherwise you'll get caught up there and be devastated when you're in a goddamn Mm -hmm. valley and And what's, what's interesting is that like I know you feel better after you talk like you get super wound up and kind of give it out, and then you're done. And it's not as personal, but you do, like, you know, you have a kind of a cutting um, delivery when you're stressed. Most people do. And thankfully, you have people that you can talk to about it. But, like, I was thinking today, like, one-third of, like, of adults, like, in the U.S. don't have a close friend. Like, they, like, pulled, would say, like, yeah, I don't have, like, close people. And I was reading about, like, there's... There's a there's a, a woman who has a business on Instagram. And she's a professional bridesmaid, like for people who don't have people to tap to help them with this hard thing. Or like, and it's like comical and like, oh, all these stressed out bridezillas are like hating this girl. But I was like, how sad is that? That like you so only have a single person to lean on who will like put up with your bullshit. That fucking bride. Well, that's why they're is. marrying this guy, and they're about that's to. True. They're about to have someone. Sounds good. But I was like. Damn, like, and you have to pay someone to be your friend to do this thing for you. And, like, how few people in prison have someone that they can rely on to, like, help them, like, troubleshoot or, like, be an ear or even, like, afford to put money on. Like, it, it seems like you could if you wanted to then every day. You could talk about the weight that being closed every day for a year and still feel like that's, like, productive conversation because it's, like, a constant stressor. And most guys don't have that. Um, but I want you to have, like, you know, the girl able to, or whoever, the money on the phone for, like, a couple calls a week. And a lot of that's, you know, administrative. They get kids, whatever. Um, so in the grand scheme of things, uh, like, your situation is... You know, saying I'm lucky. Saying you're lucky. You're lucky to have me. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm I'm lucky saying. to be in prison, and I'm lucky to have an uh, insightful 23-year-old with a shitty phone connection. No, I've you're right. Eating, there's a... I've been eating soup this whole episode. It was a good thing I have bad connection because there's no way it's going to take up. My mic is too bad. Um, in the same vein of being lucky, I don't know if we mentioned it. At this point, I don't know what gets aired and what doesn't. Um, so instead of, you, you, the viewers know that instead of doing two-hour-ish long episodes a week, we went down to one on Fridays. There should be improvements in voice quality, microphone, and all that. Just give us a little bit of time to hash it out. But we were just going to totally say, well, Mondays, there's not enough time. But old Douglas Stanhope stepped up to the plate. And, and actually, not me asking, just mentioning it. And he, uh, yeah, he was, uh, I think I talked about this. But we're trying to get it figured out. So hopefully, by the time this one comes out, the Monday after will be uh, the first 15 minute um, show episode, which will be on Mondays with uh, Douglas Stanhope, and they will just be little shorter versions of, like, catch up on, on the week, what has happened, um, prison vocabulary after the one-minute uh, one warning, 
prison story here or there. And uh, I'm interested and excited. Like, what a trippy, lovely, amazing thing to be, you know, to have, to be able to do this with the, someone the likes of Douglas Stanhope. And then uh, to have amazing other co-captains willing to uh, jump, jump in and keep this ship moving forward and, and, and support from everyone out there who's been showing love. Keeps me going. It, right when I thought... Oh, we're going to do an episode about education, which is going to be boring as fuck. Um, hey, hey. We we trumped it with a more boring episode about me being fucking stressed out. This is going to have to be part of, like, we're going to have to put a couple of This can't be the only one. The viewers got to gotta be part of me venting. <laughs> they took part of me venting now, and now they're just really in the family, in the family dynamic fully. Welcome to the circle, viewers. When Bobby hangs up the phone, he is a heavily tattooed, uh, always slightly tired, consistently napping cobbler. And goddamn, if his nap is disrupted as the pinnacle of his schedule, don't even pick up the call. It's all done. Second wind when I catch my uh, my little nap. Coming to find out, I told Doug. I said, Doug, what do you what do you what's your stance on naps? He's like, I don't take them. And I'm like, God, I'll fucking envy you. Like, uh, my my grandpa, Papa, oh Papa, rest in peace. He uh, he was one of those guys that needed like, you know, five hours of sleep, four hours of sleep, and he was just, you know, if he slept six hours, he was being he was being a lazy, a worthless bum. And he just doesn't wane through the day. It's just he's just just full on. Four or five hours, he's good. I if I don't have eight hours, I'm useless. And some would argue still useless with. So yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> don't oversell yourself. So uh, yeah, so okay. Um, anything you want to update us on? Um, I am working on some details for the Patreon. Um, was talking to Olinda, the accountant today, trying to hammer out. The, the legality behind them, that, but if any viewers have um, things they want to see or suggestions, ideas, whatever, feel free to um, send us a note on Twitter or Instagram at Notes in the Pen so we can make it uh, worth your while and hopefully get that up in the next few weeks. Let's do some uh, viewer questions. Where have they been out there? I, I, uh, I feel like since I'm sure there's some we got to do some viewer questions. We're going to have to put tack them on after this phone call to this because I'm sure people have been asking about what went down and everything um, or just general stuff. Have you been on there lately looking around? Yeah, yeah. I sent Jeremy a couple. I don't think they got aired um, over the past couple of months, so I can pull a few on the next call. Um, yeah, so if like, there's anything, uh, anything new, let's have Oh, here's one. one. Uh, does Bobby have an eight-incher? Yes. yes or no? We were, we were testing. Wow. Wow. Fans want to know. An eight, a what, a foot? My foot's bigger than eight-incher. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, I think Barb submitted that one. She wants to go look at it. But, do people um, know that instead of, like, I sent you a full... I think I talked about it, right? Instead of... I don't there's think a full, did. like prison packet like when you're writing a girl and it's so hacky and gross and that after a couple letters I'm like I'm going to send you a full-fledged prison pack of like what a normal 
inmate correspondences that's like romantic in nature. Which oh, have you guys like show each other these? Like, are you guys like at some little like card table pouring over it? Like, oh, look at this like letter I drew. Sometimes. Like, oh, it's perfect. Like, Sometimes. So that's how I know that one of my buddies, he was a fraternity brother, was writing a girl, <laughs> a lady in bed joint that had, as he's showing me this freak letter, as we say in here, which is a sexually erotic letter. Um, I'm, he's showing, this is level four, so we're only out of ourselves a little bit. So walking back from Chow, he's like, look, look, he pulls it out. His name was Concrete. And uh, he's like, look, he's showing me a part that she she uh, wrote that was especially vulgar. And I noticed, like, a shape behind it. And I'm like, wait, give me that. And he's like, no. And I'm like, give me it. And I, like, snatch it from him. And there's a banana traced, like, on the paper and then written on, right? And uh, there's, like, a little note that's basically saying, could you? Like, to him, though, asking if he could take the, the banana, like, if he could, if he could, uh, if he could deal with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Start with a finger. Start with a smaller finger. So sometimes people do shit. You have one minute remaining. I was also the the lady in the Fed joint that wrote the freak letter that got rejected by the AROS, and they called me in, and they're like, yeah, this is a male rejection, and it's for who knows what depraved sexual story was going on. I think I was a gimp in it um, from his from what he alluded to. And I asked the heiress, I'm like, can I look at it? And she's like, absolutely not. Why do you have these girls writing this? I'm like, yeah, I don't even know that girl. And she's like, yeah. It's so basically, I, I sent uh, the 23-year-old a full-fledged stereotypical prison correspondence, of which, amongst many other things, usually includes tracing of the penis, which I did not do. I didn't trace my dick. Okay, the next call, you have to get to them. Maybe the better description of what it was that I received, I think. Yeah. Maybe we'll you were going to describe. Do I really? I could. Yeah. Well, I you're could. the one who brought it up, you creep. That's, no, I think you did. Shut that dog up in the background. <laughs> Thank you for using yeah. GTL. All right. So, so the dog has what... been retrieved. Okay. And um, the crux of the story, totally worth its own call, another 275. Uh, is that in, um, what is, was it like my third letter? We had, we had started talking on the phone by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, Which means I couldn't wait to quit writing. I couldn't wait. <laughs> That's an intellectual exercise. Um, I, Bobby told me that, you know, like, it's so tacky. And, you know, some of these guys, like, they just send their dick prints out to girls. It's so aggressive. It's so gross. And I, as soon as I heard that that was, like, a custom, I was like, oh, now you have to. Like, you can't. You're not getting out of it being gross. Like, you, it is a requirement. Like, if I'm going to have a prison pen pal, uh, I, I need a dick print. And um, he, he made it sound like you want to explain, like, what a dick print actually is, though? I mean, I'm sure they can get the idea, but... <laughs> I mean, I've, I've never fabricated one, nor have I, you know, looked over some guy's right, you shoulder. Lay your fucking, you lay your piece, you lay your piece on the paper you're going to be writing. You lay your piece on a piece. You lay your piece in me on a piece of paper, and then you trace around the out. You outline it with. This is sodas. Uh, you <laughs> craft. You trace the outline of it with. Uh, pen or pencil and then you either leave it like freestanding which is super creepy or you write over it which is 
I don't know, I guess a little more, a little more subtle. Here's the problem with it. It's really uncreative. It's really crass, like I said, but it's also really easy to fake. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure, I'm sure, and plus an outline looks way bigger than the actual thing, I'm sure. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's a lot of guys leaning the pin out as, <laughs> you know what I mean, as we go, uh, as they go around. so They're uh, using one of those thick, like, Sharpie markers as, like, rectangle-shaped pen. So you never know if, like, they're outlining it from the bottom of the pen or the top. It adds an extra half an inch. Give or take. They're putting a sock on their dick and then outlining it. It's cool, though. So, so I made the mistake of mentioning to this perverse 23-year-old that that's what people do. And then in the uh, process of her cajoling me into doing it, I was like, you like that cajoling? I, uh... I was like, okay, I'm gonna to put together a full, um, a full stereotypical prison pen pal editor, which is, you. This is usually what's involved: some version combination of these things, a piece of art that you've drawn, poetry, which I wasn't gonna do that because I'd probably done it already. Art is a, a, a an actual picture of you, like a prison picture of you, um, a couple pictures, um, a dick, tr- uh, a dick print, and. Uh, you uh, rub the whole thing in like a sample of cologne that you pull out of a magazine that someone has in here. It's like the only cologne we can have. You do it like real nonchalantly. Like, ooh, they're going to open and smell it and be like, oh, that he smells really good. His paper smells really good. <laughs> so uh, I sent you a whole one minus a dick print because that's hacky to just trace your dick. And I have an incredibly small penis. <laughs> minus a dick print with some other additions if you would like to detail. Or we can that could that could say what you can say what it was. Uh had it to breathe the little thing I wish what? I said I wish you had it right now so you could read the little so I made a joke out of it. Right? You're gonna you're uh, gonna say it was a joke. Oh, it's totally in jest. However, there's some funny stuff written on there. That's how she receives. Um so instead of a dick print, I got a build your own dick. Model, PM, patent pending. Yes. Yeah, come on, build it. Uh, a rectangular piece of paper with like dimensions marked on it. And it was like, okay, like fold this part over with like a sturdy base. <laughs> you know, like pull, meet the ends and tape it. <laughs> and it was a, um, a allegedly, allegedly to scale model of someone's um, appendage in the mail for my... Um, the medical term is hog. I did like a scale mo- like a not scale, uh, a model uh build a dick as uh I did the logo of an actual company called Build yeah. Dick and and it had instructions yeah. on where to fold. Like how you would uh fold a paper airplane, like fold here, tape here, stand here, and I put warnings in there, like not meant for actual use. <laughs> like and the best no, part so is I, that you were like, it's not the full length here. You're supposed to like fold this part. Like I can't claim this bottom portion, which made me think that like, oh, maybe this is actually like to scale because he could have just it's said actually, this the whole It is thing. absolutely, it is absolutely to scale, and I didn't want any, uh, didn't want any uh, cheating going on. It's something I'm gonna have to back up at some point. <laughs> oh, of course <laughs> you not. Know what I mean? But um, so that came with like a very lovely like letter and a picture. Um, and it was the the best stereotypical prison dick model a girl could ever have hoped for. 
Thank you for using GTL. Great. Three, Do the two. three, two, one. I like that. Okay, okay. <laughs> you just ruined it. Three, two. Showtime. <laughs> oh, sorry. Did I do it? <laughs> yeah, All right. Do it. That's wrong. All right. Three, two. Action. Shut the fuck up. I'm going to Oh, up. action's the right word you say, right? Oh, my bad. Doesn't she okay, cut those? Do it those? one more time. One more time. I swear at... I'm not going to do anything. It's the point you don't say anything at one, right? All right, I swear I'm, yeah, that's what you do. Okay. Like, yeah, I keep okay. getting confused. Three. I won't do anything at the time, I swear. Maybe three, two. The viewer question. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, I swear to God, just go. She'll know. We're leaving all that in now. Now we're leaving all that in. So oh, my what's God. What's your question? <laughs> Costing so much money. You're, okay. Um, viewer question. Even a while ago, T-Bird USA on Instagram. Message in to ask, um, what kind of games do you guys play? Like, like the chess out of like soap pieces. Like, like how did you people like manufacture ways to pass the time? And what kind of stakes would they play for? And like, what are the consequences of some of these games? Like, has anyone ever been like stuck over a game of like go fish? I'm kind of curious. That's a term we use, but okay, that's a term I'm going to use. Shot. We say shot. Well, that's confusing. Yeah, I know, but it's. Um, I had a friend that was was saying, "Oh, they closed the yard yesterday because like three people got shot." And the girl he was talking to said, "You guys have guns in there?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was like, "No, absolutely not." Um, no, we don't. We get full regular um, chess mats. They roll out chess, like little vinyl chess mats, and regular chess pieces that break all the time. They're plastic, and they end up getting. So, like, everyone's chess pieces will have, like, a, a queen that's, like, head's been placed back on with, with, like, a piece of toilet paper or something. Or just, usually they're just left off. And then some of them be painted for fraternity colors and whatnot. So the main games are chess. People play chess a lot. I wrote a piece called Prison Yard Beef, and it's about hearing this really violent, like, threatening interaction on a yard on a higher level where you don't, you're not snooping around. So when we, me and Rick, the Christian kid finally turned around, it was a chess game going on, you know, and because we can turn anything aggressive in prison. So there's very aggressive shit talking speed chess that goes on. Spades is probably the most popular game, but people play tonk as well. And some places play cribbage, make cribbage boards. I actually played cribbage, learned to play cribbage in County. And then there's a, the poker table. Now, the poker table is a totally different thing. When you're gambling in prison, it's called grinding. So if you're asking somebody, hey, come be my spades player, they'll, they'll, and, and you say, hey, no, nah, nah, I'm straight. They'll be like, come on, I don't matter. We, we ain't grinding. So it means like there's no stakes on it. And, um, yeah, there is gambling. People gamble. The poker table, those are like career people. They're there every day, all day. And uh, the person that's housing the game, it's so stressful. They... They rely on making the chips for it, which are ripped up, folded, um, decks of cards, so you count out your chips, so like poker chips. And they have to keep track of everyone's score. They take a cut. Um, but, yeah, tons of violence have been been meted out for all of these games. There's a hellacious game of hacky sack that's been going on at this joint, the only one I've ever seen, and it just makes me want to just boot the hacky sack over the goddamn fence every time I see it. 
Nate, who's one of the funny guys, he's a little short. He looks like um, one of the uh, one of the one of the trolls, elves, elves. No, the yeah trolls from Lord of the Rings, the ones that are looking for gold and shit. You're asking the wrong person. God, you're okay. Well, yeah, I think one of the trolls. No, not a troll. Dwarf, one of the dwarfs. Yes. Oh, there's people just. That's offensive. We prefer the term little person. Dwarves, fucking dwarves, Gina. What are you stupid? So yeah, um, there are uh, there are definitely plenty of games, and they do get serious. Um, none more so than Hacky Sack. I'm kidding. I saw one. Well, I saw one. It's white dudes. Surprise, surprise. I saw one black dude playing. I saw I caught kids over there one time, but he wasn't any good. Which saved some face. I saw one black dude over there playing, and he was killing it. And his hacky sack, I wish you could see me. His hacky sack was very rhythmic. Like, he was, like, dancing. Like, bow, bow, bow. <laughs> he looked so huge. He was doing it with style. There's no such thing as hacky sack with, hacky sack with style, only because it's only been played by white people. <laughs> <I think. laughs> this guy stepped in there and was just fully jugging and just doing his thing. And, uh, yeah. So the main ones are spades, chess, and then poker, and then there's all different kinds of poker people play. But... Yeah, and in the spring, I'm sure I'm sure a couple of guys might just break out the chalk and do some hopscotch just to pass the time once they open yard and they round out the offerings. But I'm surprised no one plays euchre. Actually, that's a huge game in Michigan. You think? That I thought cribbage was like a Michigan game. I, I haven't heard of it, but euchre is huge. You never heard of cribbage? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's the Michigan game. It's like uh, you have a board and you have little pegs and you go doo 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 around. Anyway, let's cap that this really, point, That's uh, great instructions. With a, yeah. Well, you would notice that it's a board. It's, so it's a card game that involves a board that has pegs. So it kind of is. Okay. It is descriptive. In case you've never seen it, you'd go, yeah, I know that. But you definitely know Hopscotch. So let's, yeah, that most boring episode that was ever aired. Um, we capped it off with uh, boring game references. But it's a decent question. It's a good question. And... Uh, we're going to get to more of those. We need to start incorporating more of those. Yeah. The weight pit is calling. Uh, I'm sure you got a busy day. It felt good to vent to the viewers. Hopefully they never hear it because uh, we deem their time more valuable than that. But if they did, hey, fuck you. Appreciate what you can get. Times are tough mm-hmm. in here, and I'm stressed out. <laughs> Times are so, tough, and you're stopping On your behalf of the vulgar 23-year-old, the company we were sponsored by in this episode, Build a Dick, who is currently involved with several cases of litigation. Uh, I won't get into that. And me, your probably least favorite convict at this point, uh, Bobby C. A.K.A. Chino. We are gone. Yeah. Hey, you're not going to co sign that we are gone? Nope. <laughs> To learn more about Bobby and prison reform, go to notesfromthepen.com. This has been another Notes from the Pen production.